You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we have two guest co-hosts, or one guest co-host and a panelist today. We have Don Ecker returning from the last two weeks, and we also have one of our longtime listeners and forum regulars, the one, the only, Michael Allen. Yep, that's me. You're the only, right? I'm the only Michael Allen on the forum, apparently, which is kind of weird because, you know, Michael Allen is a very, I mean, Google my name and you're going to see hundreds and thousands of them. So that's how that's how long I've been in the forums is that I was able to get my name early on. Well, that's the only way to do it. There are other ways of doing it, but it requires either dismissing somebody in the forums firing them or banning them or something like that or negotiating with them or paying them off (laughs) right (laughs) you know grab your name it's a new thing we can do here we'll take like a third you want to change your name in the forums you contact somebody whose name you'd like i'll work with you to get them to switch but whatever you pay i get a third of it's a Paracast Plus uh, privilege. I mean, you contact the other guy. They, you know, they go, "Yeah, I don't really like my name that much. I want to go for a handle." And somebody else says, "Yeah, they take it. Whatever, doesn't matter." Yeah, it's very interesting. We're going to bring our listeners up to date on something that Don and I talked about for about forty minutes on the After the Paracast show, which is part of Paracast Plus, and that is the death of Art Bell on Friday the thirteenth. Now, I gather, Michael, you were a regular listener of Bell's. Yes, I was. I listened to a lot of stuff. I mean, he was, uh, I have to tell you, a lot of times I would listen, I would go to sleep listening to that guy, and I'd wake up the next morning listening to that guy. I mean, there were many days. It, it didn't matter who was the guest. I mean, I just liked hearing his voice on the radio. There was something, you know, mesmerizing about it. And now I say that. Being the kind of person who's highly skeptical of anything that's paranormal. I mean, well, I mean, as you would imagine. And I still loved listening to him uh, try to, you know, the way he would talk to his guests and the way that he would tell the stories. I mean, it was it was fun. It was entertaining. And uh, I have to say, I really miss the guy. Dean Raiden, you've been around this world for a while. Were you ever on Coast to Coast with Art Bell? Oh, yes, many times. What was your feeling, reaction to him, now that we know he's no longer with us? Well, nobody lasts forever, but he was certainly unique. And both the way that he interviewed people, it's true, he really would draw you in by the, just the nature of his voice. But he was also quite, quite informed about what he was speaking about and did a magical thing which allowed anybody to talk about anything. And somehow everyone felt respected in the process. So that was really quite a talent. That was very difficult. And that's probably in some ways, unlike the original pioneer in paranormal talk radio, Long John Nebel. Because Long John could be real sarcastic and real nasty sometimes, depending on his mood of the evening. Dean Raiden, we're so glad that you finally come on the Paracast. And you have a new book out called Real Magic, which is subtitled Ancient Wisdom, Modern Science, and a Guide to the Secret Power of the Universe. And for listeners who aren't familiar with your work, maybe we should talk a little bit about your background. How did you become interested in magic? Well, who's not interested in magic? I mean, if, if you look at... The popularity of magical themes in entertainment, you'll find 
almost every other movie and television show and, and book has something to do with magic in it. And this is not a new phenomenon. It's, it's been around as long as there's been fiction. So I'm interested in the same things that everyone else is interested in. Uh, perhaps the only difference is that since I was trained as a scientist, I, of course, approached the topic from a completely skeptical perspective. But skepticism doesn't necessarily mean you're going to deny everything. It simply means that you're going to doubt what you read until you have some reason to believe it. So I've been studying this topic and related topics now for 42 years. And my conclusion, after lots of experiments and lots of literature, uh, is that magic is actually real. And it's not Harry Potter and it's not Harry Houdini. It's the real deal. Dean, let me ask you a question, if I may. Now, you're talking about the practice of actual magic via ritual with a cause and effect? Or are we talking about a showman's magic, a sleight of hand? You're, you're talking about an actual working of magical rituals and techniques? And I'm not talking about Harry Houdini. That, that's my, my character, which says it's not stage magic. It's not illusions. Okay. What I'm talking about are three practices. One is divination. This is part of the long esoteric tradition. That, that The esoteric traditions, and I'm talking about both in the East and the West, they, they talk about three practices. So divination is gazing into a mirror, uh, the use of tarot cards, that sort of thing. I Ching? The I Ching, yes. The second category is, is something I call force of will, which is manifesting things in the physical world, mentally manifesting stuff. The third category is theurgy, which is more the way that magic is typically portrayed in fiction, which has to do with evoking spirits. Communication with other intelligences might be the modern way to think about that, I suppose. Yes. As, yeah. That's another way to put it. Traditionally, you, you imagine people in a pentagram that are with a lot of smoke and fire and sex and rock and roll uh, right. trying to create entities or evoke entities. Have you witnessed any of these practices uh, firsthand, Dean? Well, see, that's the thing. The, I want to separate from the fictional way that these, these practices have been performed from what actually happens. So the way that I do it, being a scientist, I've studied these kinds of phenomena in laboratory experiments, not just me, but many colleagues around the world. So we're using scientific uh, methods to study the essence of these methods. So divination, for example, divination cast into scientific terms would be called phenomena like clairvoyance and precognition. That's right. what those phenomena are. So there are plenty of experiments looking at those kinds of effects in a laboratory. So what we can say is that based on those experiments, that the notion of divination is true, that it can be done. Now, as to whether a crystal ball is the thing that's necessary or not, or gazing in a mirror or whatever, we're not answering those questions. We're answering simply, is the phenomenon itself plausible based on the evidence? And the answer is yes. The same goes for force of will. Can we say that the idea of mentally manipulating the physical world is real based on what we see in the laboratory? The answer is yes. And the same goes for, for theurgy, that there's evidence of 
some kind of communication with something that doesn't appear to be living. Well, when you're talking about practices like this, you invariably, at one time or another, I'm sure, will be confronted by fundamentalists. Uh, Now, in the Christian Hebrew Bible, there are prohibitions against these things. Have you encountered that? And how do you answer critics that would come at you from that angle? I haven't had any criticism from people of that ilk. Uh, I'm, you're absolutely right, though, that there are very severe prohibitions in the Catholic catechism, for example, that you don't do these things. But what I've tried to point out in my book is that the suppression of esoteric ideas by the church, mainly the Catholic church, but lots of, of religious authorities, they have suppressed what they would consider to be pagan or heretical practices not because they didn't believe in them. They did believe. They still do believe in these kinds of practices, but they're considered heretical because they threaten the authority. Okay, Dean Radin joins Michael Allen, Don Ecker, and Gene Steinberg. And next week, we'll be talking to Nick Redfern about Slender Man. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. 
If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have Dean Radin, our guest co-host is Don Ecker. Our guest panelist is Michael Allen. We'll have to divvy up the identities there in a moment. In the meantime, Michael, you had a response to what Dean was saying. Well, no, I was about to agree with him. I mean, if you if you were to deal with divination or any kind of, even if it weren't statistically significant, if it's something that, that somebody could draw on to, you know, and I'm, I'm saying this, by the way, Dean, just to remove the psychic element, the whole, that whole, just even without any of that if somebody believes something to you know like a certain type of method of divination that they would basically undercut the authority i mean that makes a lot of sense to me i don't know that that necessarily means that that phenomenon or there's reality to it except that maybe a person believes it and because they believe it they're going to well it's kind of like a rorschach blot you know you see or you look at a wall which is something i do every day and i see a picture or i see an image in randomness because of evolutionarily speaking i'm going to see patterns and randomness that are meaningful to me and i think i think you approached this from that angle i mean Jung was heavily in, involved in uh, you know in astrology and the aging and other forms of divination sure yeah there and any kind of of psychic phenomena there are many possible explanations for the experiences that people report so when we do an experiment in a laboratory the important thing is to develop a way to exclude all of the mundane explanations and just leave the one that you're interested in so that's that's what we do in the experiments otherwise why bother to do the experiment at all 
Right. Uh, to get back for a second to how fundamentalists respond to this, they actually split into two camps. And one camp says uh, they're actually quite happy about it because they, they basically would say, I told you magic was real. Like they, Just take one example of the Catholic ceremony of the Eucharist. That is explicitly a magical practice. It's transmutation of one thing into another thing. And it's only allowed to be done by priests. And if somebody else does it, it's heretical. So the idea that the phenomenon is real, they like that idea. Then there's another cast of people who really, really don't like it because they believe it completely, but they've been told that it's demonic. So I get it from both sides, both positive and negative. It sounds to me like it's politics to an extent. If you don't like something, you could believe in it and say, oh, it's heretical, it's this, it's blasphemous. Oh, yeah. No, it's very clearly. It's, it's, it's completely clear from a historical perspective that this had to do with power, social power arrangements as to what we got declared heretical versus acceptable. Dean, with, with uh, the risk of sounding like I'm making a pun, uh, you hit a buzzword that I want to question you a little bit on, demonic. Now, with your uh, research and your working on what you consider to be real and actual magical practices, do you give credence to the idea of a negative influence, a negative force, a demonic force, as opposed to uh, things like the forces of light. And the reason I ask that, there have been an incredible amount of emphasis in recent times on the idea of demonic possession, exorcisms, and what have you. A lot of it emanating from Roman Catholicism. Where do you come down on that? My guess is that the uh, that heaven and hell are human constructs, as are demons. So, uh, in in a given religious context, if somebody seems to be psychotic, then they will interpret that as a demon. It's it's something that doesn't seem like it's human, but there are lots of mental illnesses that can end up looking that way. So I I take a very secular perspective in these kinds of phenomena. And, uh-huh. Yeah, and I would I would follow that up with the we've actually named uh, in computer science we name programs that run in the background uh, that do things that the uh, kernel's not necessarily always aware of or is not really keeping track of. We call them daemons, and that's the same word from demonic, which is mean it's like a little circuit that runs in the background that does something, and uh, from a you know from a, a consciousness perspective, as somebody who's who has a complete uh, under or thinks they have a complete understanding of their own consciousness doesn't realize, and Jung would call them the they're they're called complexes, but in modern cognitive terms, you know, cognitive science, they would call them circuits. Basically, it's something that runs in the background that you're not fully aware of, but it comes out, it sublimates into your ego occasionally, which is to say you're serial processor, the part that is conscious or is aware of something. Um, I'm mixing up, by the way, I'm mixing a lot of theories together to just, to explain, but that but the word demonic, I think, has a very, very technical term when you actually look at it from a point of view of a human brain and how it works, how the subsystems work, and how the background 
processes like for instance the one that beats your heart i mean do you do you actually beat your heart does your heart beat you know no it just happens but your brain sends signals to do that and uh, and that's something people forget about is that there are a lot of daemons and so a demonic um you know something that emerges from within the subconscious may actually be something that for a long time ran in the background and then suddenly sublimates itself up to your awareness if that makes any sense and i'm i'm sorry i went kind of long-winded there but that that's uh that's how i understand it so dean in other words you then do you totally discount the idea regardless of what you call it of a negative influence no i wouldn't discount it i would i would say that at least as far as the evidence goes that we don't see independent evidence uh, of something like that. But I, I think, as, as Michael was saying, that uh, the, the level of conscious awareness that most of us have is, is the tip of the iceberg. We, we all have self-defeating, um, unconscious things going on that cause people to drink and smoke too much, for example, or to eat too much. Well, consciously, you wouldn't want to do that because you know it's very bad. But people do it anyway. And so one could then simply say that what we refer to or what a religious person would refer to as a demon made me do it can just be thought of as portions of your own consciousness that are below the level of your awareness. Yeah, and that, and that has been experimentally proven. I mean, we – well, and it, it doesn't really – I mean, a, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old will understand that, the, you know, that – you, you explain to them what they do, that they know what they're doing. No, they don't know what they're doing because most of what they're doing is automatic. But when you point out to my, like my daughter, who's eight years old, if you point out to her, why did you do it that way? And she goes, I, I don't know. She, and then she'll think about it and she'll say, well, and then she'll come up with some kind of post facto explanation for why she decided to do something. Yes, something the devil we, made me do it. We're going to break here. Right. We're going to yeah. break here. When we'll have more with Dean Radin, Michael Allen, Don Ecker. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with Dean Radin, the book he has out, and we'll get more directly into the book. It's called Real Magic, not the stage magic, not the pretend magic, but the real stuff. And we have Michael Allen and Don Ecker joining us next week on the Paracast. We're going to talk about Slender Man with Nick Redfern. Wow. Can't wait for that. Michael, pick up, please. Yeah, so what we're talking about, the devil made me do it. I mean, that's something that, you know, when I go back and I look at 
first of all, one thing I will, you know, full disclosure, I don't believe in any of the myths. I mean, not in the way that they're taught, you know, with the, I, I think that when you look at something like in every system of people who are consuming resources, you're going to have people that have the resources and those that don't. In every, in every biological system, you're going to have organisms that have something and some that do not have that same thing, and they're all fighting for the same resources. It's not so much about good and evil. And I think a lot of people really lose their minds and I think lose their track when they talk about good and evil. All of this is beyond good and evil. It's about, it's about who's at the top, who has what the resources, or what has the resources, if you want to go that route, you know, with, with the biological entity and those that do not. And I think that where we get this dichotomy of good and evil really comes out of that, that conflict over resources that are limited. So that's, that's my point on the demonic, you know, so anybody who's on the winning team is going to see the opposing team as demonic. It's the same thing. It's just like a football game. I mean, anybody who's on, you know, rooting for Dallas Cowboys versus the Patriots, it's not about good and evil. It's about something that, that it's one thing, it's one prize that is taken and the other is left out. I think, I think when you talk about science, you got to go beyond good and evil. I think you you got to go beyond demonic versus angels. You got to you got to think of them as opposing forces that are that are working against you know trying to accomplish a common goal. Does that make sense, Dean? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's clearly what the history shows. Uh, that is true with magic as well. Uh, your magic is fine. Uh, the other person's magic is. Horrific and heretical, and there's many, many examples all throughout history where uh, there there are basically uh, battle magic happening between people with different cultures, different ideas, sometimes even within the same religious sect, but just very subtle differences. People will get all angry at each other, so it's just part of the human condition. Yeah. And the human condition involves scarcity. Scarcity leads to conflict. Conflict leads to, you know, well. Yeah, it's either real, it, it could be real scarcity or imagined scarcity. But, but the, right. point, the point is well taken that uh, we're essentially aggressive primates. If you ever watch the monkey tribe uh, trying to negotiate on something, there's a lot of screaming that goes on. So humans are not that different. It sounds like you just visited Washington, D.C., <laughs> well, yeah, that's, we see that on the news every night. So one of the things I'd like to, to uh, clarify here is that there, if you go into the, the metaphysical section of a bookstore and you look up magic, you're going to find tons and tons of books that are about magical practice, magical lore, and so on. This book is very different because I, didn't, I don't like to write books that you could already find a book on that topic. I'm only interested in writing books that I can't find somewhere else. So what's different about this is that this really is looking at the, these magical traditions through the lens of science, because that's basically all I know. That's what I do. Well, that's, and, that's, that's good. I, you know, I, I, I have to say from somebody who spent a long time reading um, because I was interested in the occult, uh, I read a lot of treatises like the Hermetic Museum. I read uh, Francis Barrett's The Magus, which is, by the way, a, 
of plagiarized of Henry Cornelius Agrippa. I read a lot of treatises on alchemy and and I have to say a lot of it just uh, it, it's very repetitive. It, it right. just it's like they're repeating the same message over and over again or they're trying to uh, you know I, I don't know what they were doing. I mean I spent years studying that and it was uh, a dead end. So in, in real magic you'll find something different. And the, the way that I, I, I wanted, I could have easily have spun this in the, dire the same direction that other people have, which is mostly in the direction of how would you practice something, like how would you use affirmations or how would you do a ceremony or that sort of thing. But I'm not that interested in those. I'm more interested in what can we know that is likely to be true with high confidence, and that's, of course, one of the, of the joys of science is that you can eventually learn things with high confidence. And so of the people I asked to endorse the book, I have two Nobel laureates, one in physics, one in chemistry, the president of the American Statistical Association, uh, program director from the National Science Foundation, uh, winner of the Arcturus Medal, which is an astrophysics medal from the National Academy of Sciences, and professors of physics and neuroscience and on and on and on. So the reason why you have people in prominent positions who've won major prizes in science uh, who are endorsing this book is because they recognize that, first of all, it's, it's a book about science, but more importantly, it's really about paradigms in science. Like how do we, we by addressing the topic of magic, we don't want to go backwards in time. It's not, we're not regressing to the past, but we're looking forward to the future. I agree with that. That's that's a that's a good way to, you know. But the problem I have, and the you know, the one thing that I and I meant to be, you know, I've I've spent some time. I watched some of your videos, and I've watched some of the, you know, the discussions that you know the the lectures that you get you gave on it. And I I have to you know just I'm going to roll it all up into one question here, and uh, because in your paper you quote. It is difficult for a matter-of-fact physicist to accept the view that the substratum of everything is of a mental character, Sir Arthur Eddington, The Nature of the Physical World. And you have a few other quotes about, uh, but I, I have to wonder, what do you think about the difference, you know, because I, I'm a monist, and I, I wonder, you know, with the physical and the mental substances, when people start to think in those terms, are they really just going backward in time? Because I thought that that was settled. And, and by the way, I don't think it's settled from a physicalistic, a classical physicalistic point of view. I think it's just not a settled problem, but I don't think that there are two things. In other words, I don't think that we have a physical and mental a substance that interacts through some kind of magical way. And I'm, I'm using that term not in the way you use it, but I, I just I wonder what what are your thoughts about uh, about the fundamental ontology that, that these people that people will uh, you know uh, what are they thinking about when they read your paper are they thinking that consciousness is a different substance or what are you trying to tell them in other words well actually that that is a key theme in the book it's it's about uh, scientific worldview. And I agree that a monistic perspective makes a lot more sense than, than dualism. So what it comes down to is, are you going to view the world purely in materialistic terms, or are we forced 
by the nature of, the, of these phenomena to consider something larger. So this, this means that we have to start talking about philosophy. Okay, so philosophy in 15 seconds. Uh, not, not possible. <laughs> so I, the, my only response to that would be that uh, you have to talk about philosophy of science when you start dealing with things like magic. Uh, but you need to do it in a way that's not going to put people off who don't like philosophy. And that was one of the challenges in this book. We're going to have more challenges from our benefactors and then more to come with Dean Radin. And we're featuring... Michael Allen and Don Ecker, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? 
Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Back at the Paracast with our guest, Dean Radin, author of Real Magic. We want to remind you that we have a special version of the show where we cut out all the network ads. We also give you a second radio show after the Paracast. All you have to do is subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Prices start at just $1.49 a week. Cheaper than Starbucks, cheaper than even the coffee at the Circle K convenience store, if you even know what that is. Dean Radin, I want to just ask you, because we started with this and we never got into it, could you describe to our listeners what you do for a living because it's so relevant? Oh, well, I, I'm chief scientist at the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Noetic is a term that roughly means intuition. It comes from the Greek root word, nous, and nous means to know, but it means to know with certainty, but out, without knowing how you know. So it's like intuition. So our institute was started by Edgar Mitchell, the four, Apollo 14 astronaut, who was, the, and who was the sixth man on the moon. And in, on the way back to the Earth, he had a mystical experience, which was quite surprising to him. And since he was a, a Navy pilot and a MIT engineer and an astronaut, he wanted to understand what is a mystical experience, because they don't train about that in, at MIT or in the Navy. So, given that he was from that tradition, he decided to use the tools and techniques of science to, to tackle mystical and psychic experiences, simply to find out what can we know about those things from a scientific perspective. So, the Institute is almost 45 years old uh, from the very beginning. Our mission has been to explore the frontiers of consciousness using the tools of science. So... I'm now chief scientist at this institute, and that's what we do. Dean, how did he describe his mystical experience? 
Well, Edgar said the way he puts it is where he put it. He passed away a few years ago. Right. He was sitting in the space capsule it was, as it was coming back towards the Earth, and it was rotating, so it didn't cook one side of the capsule too much. He was seeing in in succession uh, the Earth, the Moon, the Sun, and then stars again and again and again. And having a few minutes to, to have the window seat with nothing to do, he was simply contemplating this miracle of being out in the blackness of space and seeing the earth, the moon, the stars, and so on. And he felt a peculiar sense of unity first with the earth, because when he looked back at the earth from space, it looks like a bright blue ball with a very thin atmosphere. So the envelope of the atmosphere is really thin, and it, make, it looks fragile, it's like a bubble in space. And so he thought, well, everything we know about our history, about ourselves, about everything is on this little fragile blue ball out there in space. That sparked another idea that all of the, everybody on Earth, all of the humans, everything on Earth was made at one point out of stardust. That's what we are. So we are sentient pieces of stardust sitting out in the middle of nowhere in space, very far away from any other place that we would consider to be uh, suitable for, for being home. So that this was the beginning of, of uh, an expansive feeling, which turned into what he later described as samadhi. So it's a, this is what, what a yogi would say, is a, is a mystical experience where you feel one with everything. Did he not claim to uh, attempt an ESP experiment uh, on the way back from the moon or going to the moon? How did that turn out? Yeah, he did that on the way to the moon. The original idea was that there would be a group of people on Earth who would try to guess what cards he was looking at, like an ESP card test. And the timing was such that he couldn't do it at the, at the pre-planned time because he had to be involved in other things. So rather than being a real-time clairvoyance test, it turned out to be a precognition test. The results of that test showed significant psi missing, which means that the, the final analysis was, was such that people were not significantly hitting the targets, they were significantly missing the targets. So, from a significant in this sense means, statistically speaking, it wasn't a chance outcome, but it wasn't in the outcome in a positive sense, it was in a negative sense. Now, during the, the 1970s through the 1980s, the Department of Defense and uh, the Department, uh, the DIA and, and other intelligence agencies engaged in a practice now today known as remote viewing. Have you folks ever uh, taken a look at those practices uh, and, you know, this, I would think, would seem to be right up your alley. Well, I was a member of that program back then. Oh, so, okay. So, yes, we've looked at, at remote viewing in some detail. As I, The way that I'm, I talk about this in, in the book on magic is I could go through the, the details of how you do experiments and what the results are and all the rest, and I've done that in previous books. And I decided in this book that since I've already written about it, I didn't want to write about it again. So I addressed it in a different way. 
the one of the people that I met on that project is the chair of the statistics department at the University of California at Irvine. And she was also the president of the American Statistical Association. Statistics, of course, is the scientific discipline that analyzes data. So who better to ask than the president of the American Statistical Association about her opinion of remote viewing research? Jessica Utz is her name, and she did a, uh, as the president of the American Statistical Association, every year the president gets to give a, a talk to the collected group of professional statisticians from around the world. So a couple of years ago, she was in Chicago, she gave her presidential address, and as part of that address, she talked about her experience in evaluating the remote viewing data. And what she basically says is that from a statistical perspective, when you look at that data, there is no question that these phenomena are real. So the way that I respond then to someone who doesn't know what to think about it, doesn't know about the, the data, I would simply say, look, if the president of the organization that whose mission is to analyze data says straight out that this stuff is real, that if you have a, a complaint about that, you need to talk to a statistician, because from that perspective, it is as real as anything else that we know. Well, back in the 1990s, uh, I was giving a, a talk back on the East Coast in New Jersey on some uh, lunar phenomena research that I was involved in. And a gentleman came down from New York to see the presentation, and uh, I had a chance to meet him, and we then developed a friendship, Ingo Swan. Now, as it turned out, this was the man credited with designing the protocols for the military intelligence remote viewing program. Did you know, Ingo? And I got to tell you, Dean, that had I never met him, I would have had probably some doubts about the process. But that guy convinced me to the nth degree. Yes, I, I knew Ingo. Ingo was very talented. He had his, his opinions, which are quite strong, about ways of training these phenomena. But, yeah, Ingo was at SRI when I was there. Yeah. Okay. So I would guess that uh, people at the level of Ingo's natural talent is probably in the, on the order of about one in, maybe one in 10,000 people, just naturally talented like that. So that actually, if you... If you figure that into the seven or eight billion people on the planet right now, there's actually quite a few out there who have very, very good natural talents in remote viewing, whether they realize it or not. He had some extremely, uh, you're, you're totally correct, he had some very strong opinions. And of course, one of the things that he's noted for today among most people that may not be familiar with other aspects to Ingo Swan was uh, the book he wrote, Penetration. Did you, by chance, read that book? And if so, uh, what were your opinions on that, Dean? Yeah, our, Ingo actually talked about that before he wrote the book. So I'm familiar with the, the episodes, and it's it's very difficult to know what to do with those stories. I mean, he is verifiably an extremely good psychic, but he was talking about stuff that sounded ridiculous, for, because among other ways, other things, there's no way to verify those stories. 
Let me interrupt you here and we'll continue in our next segment. Dean Radin, author of Real Magic with Michael Allen and Don Ecker. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Dean Radin on the Paracast this week, author of Real Magic, and I interrupted him unceremoniously in the middle of a phrase because we have those inevitable interruptions. Dean, please continue. Well, Don had raised the, this question of uh, a book that Ingo Swan had written called Penetration, which is very, very bizarre. And so my comment was that I, I knew that Ingo's actual psychic ability was really superior, in which case, and because we're able to verify it, but we're not able to verify what he was talking about in the book Penetration. Uh, but I've heard from other psychics that what he was talking about also happened. So, I don't know. As a scientist, I want to be able to verify claims, and in that case, I, d- I don't have any way of verifying it. So, Don, you, you could explain what the book of Penetration is about. Well, it's basically his journey from civilian life, if you will, into uh, SRI and a group of incredibly talented psychics 
the likes of which included Ingo himself, people like Pat Price, others, and as he proceeded along, and of course he was a natural psyche, his side talents really seemed to blossom, and they included everything from remotely viewing, I'm, I'm trying to recall, I believe it was the trip out to uh, Saturn, he was able to remotely view things that later were verified through photographs that were sent back. But some of the more bizarre stories included an ultra-black, ultra-top-secret, allegedly, now I've got to say, I wasn't there, but a group of intelligence people that took Swan to a undisclosed location with the idea of remotely viewing an unidentified target. And they were paying him, for that time, a fantastic amount of money, $1,000 a day, to remotely view this target. And according to what Swan said and what he wrote about in his book, it ended up being the far side of the moon and what he described as some type of base that was there, set up, and operating with entities there. Swan went on to state that as he was remotely viewing this, he had no idea what he was looking at. These entities allegedly acknowledged that his presence was there, and it terrified him. Of course, there were many other stories that he relayed in the book, but that was uh, one of the most shocking, I think. Anybody that's read it will uh, understand what I'm saying. I had a, had occasion to have a rather extended, my wife and I and, and Ingo Swan and, and one other person, to have an extended dinner with them out here in, in uh, the L.A. area. The dinner lasted about four and a half, five hours. And I got to say that when we were done, my personal opinion was Swan was the real guy. You know, my, my background, I was a criminal investigator and a detective, and I've interviewed over the years many, many, many people. I never once detected any attempt to deceive me. Now, that's not to say that I couldn't be deceived. I got a sense that he was telling it just like it was, Dean. I agree. And that's that's why it's so difficult to know what to do with it. Uh, I remember Ingo telling us that story before he actually put it down in print. And then similar stories, other stories about uh, UFOs with inhabitants that were able to detect that he was there and wanted him to go away. And I've since heard very similar stories from other expert remote viewers. But again, we, there's no independent way of verifying whether these stories are real or some kind of strange hallucination, we just don't know. In the case of Ingo and others like him, because some things that they say they can do are verifiable or were verifiable, it raises at least the credibility that what they're talking about is real. And that you mentioned about his viewing of a planet, it was Jupiter. And the startling thing about that remote viewing was that he said that there were rings around Jupiter. I'm sorry, you're absolutely correct. You're yeah. absolutely correct. And we didn't know that there were rings around Jupiter until the Voyager spacecraft got close enough to be able to see them. When people say repeatable, the thing is, is that you've got somebody who's, first of all, we don't send probes to Jupiter that often. How do you even consider that, you know, when you're dealing with a one-off where you've sent a probe and then somebody is supposed to use that as a remote viewing target? 
I mean, it's the same problem that we have, you know, in more prosaic with the climate change. They, you know, it's like they ask for something that's repeatable. Well, what about just collecting a lot of data that you can analyze later and determine whether or not something was actually a correlation was real? Well, the answer is that in the case of remote viewing, you can calibrate whether somebody's reports are correct or not correct. You do experiments in the laboratory where you're able to test whether or not they're, they're on a hot streak. And if they are, you then can target them on something that may take a while to get the data, like viewing Jupiter. But if you are viewing something that you can't get information on, like if you target somebody on what happened on Mars a million years ago, we may never know the answer to that, in which case the information might be fun to listen to as a story. If we can't verify it, then it remains a story. It's the orbiting teapot, Bertrand Russell's. You can never disprove it. So, but, but I mean, you know, the the whole point of them of him choosing the target was that the probe could verify what he was saying. I get frustrated when I hear the word repeatable. It's like, well, okay, this is kind of a one-off thing. Well, what are we going to do? Send another probe and have another Ingo Swan do the same experiment? I, I guess what you're saying is that we would need to scale the experiment to something that we could do repeatedly, you know, in a laboratory. That's why Jessica Utz, when asked about her opinion of these phenomena, it's not based on one-offs. It's based on lots of repeated experiments that are done in the laboratory where you know for sure whether the remote viewer was accurate or not. I mean, that's how you know. When, when you start doing speculative viewings of things that, are, that may or may not be so, it remains at the level of story. But at least in a laboratory, you can tell whether somebody has a talent or not. So anyway, to get back to magic, the point of, of the book Real Magic is to say that when you, you start studying psychic phenomena and you get to a point where you recognize as a scientist that these are real phenomena, immediately the, the next question that comes up is, well, how do you explain it? How do these things work? And so that's the question that sparked my interest in writing a book about magic. Because it turns out that magic... The practice of magic and the practice of psychic phenomena are basically the same thing. We know a fair amount, from a scientific perspective, about psychic phenomena. And then you can take that knowledge and cast it back into this esoteric tradition and get clues to help explain why the psychic phenomena work. That was really the, the underlying theme in this book. So how does this fit in with the quantum mechanics and the observer problem, I mean, versus the measurement problem. There's a lot of controversy on this topic. I'd like to get your take on that. Well, the, the observer effect or the measurement problem in quantum mechanics is not the answer to how psi works. What it does is it, it reminds us that our understanding of the nature of the physical world is not complete. It's, we're at the very beginning of understanding the nature of the physical world, and the measurement problem or the observer effect uh, suggests something which the esoteric traditions have been saying for at least 5,000 or 6,000 years. Namely, that there's some aspect of consciousness which is related to how physicality works. So and, you've, where do you fall on the side of, under, you know, like for instance, Bell's theorem? In other words, do you have a hidden variables assumption that you're drawing into this discussion? No, I'm saying that our understanding of quantum mechanics today is a inkling about the nature of the physical world 
it's not as though we've reached the end of physics. We're, right. we're just starting to understand the nature of physics. And the deeper that we go, both in terms of deepness and understanding and also deep in terms of how small you get, almost everything that we think we understand from a common sense perspective is blown out of the water. With Gene, Dean, Michael, and Don, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken. It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. With uncertain times in the United States, it's only prudent to consider storing precious metals in a safe place outside our borders. And Miles Franklin, we have done just that for you. Partnered with the most respected storage company in the industry, Miles Franklin is proud to offer the only fully insured private safe deposit box program in North America held in Vancouver and Toronto. Send us your previously purchased precious metals or have one of our brokers help you purchase something new. Questions? Please call one of our experienced brokers at 866-485-4346. Solid Foundational Storage, partnered with the most respected name in security. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice. Call us at 866-485-4346. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Limited, a name you can trust. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, 
yourself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're having an enjoyable session with Dean Radin, author of Real Magic. Let me ask you a question here, which is maybe silly or not. But how does traditional science reconcile with magic? Oh, that's an easy question. The answer is it doesn't. From a conventional perspective, magic is used as an insult. If you don't like the, your, your colleague's theory about something, you just say, well, that's magical thinking. It's really used as an insult because the implication is that magical thinking means that something happened for no reason at all. And, of course, in science, that's the, that's the opposite of what you're trying to achieve. You're looking for causal explanations. So something can't occur for no reason at all. That's why Einstein didn't like quantum mechanics, right? He said that, that God doesn't play dice with the universe. It's not random. It's not causeless. Yeah, so from a conventional perspective, uh, no, you, you, magic is impossible. And by the same token, psychic phenomena are also impossible. Talking about your research, Dean, let me ask you, uh, as you were talking in the last segment, I had a phrase pop through my mind, spooky action at a distance. Does that figure into your research? Well, that phrase is referring to quantum entanglement. Right. And quantum entanglement might be related to psi. I mean, after all, all of the psychic phenomena are considered strange for one reason and one reason only. It's because they involve experiences that are not bound by space or time. Well, exactly the same thing can be said for quantum entanglement. It's not bound by space or time. So the question is, is this a coincidence that psychic phenomena and quantum entanglement are talking about the same kind of outside of space-time effect? It might be a coincidence. My personal guess is it is not a coincidence. And just saying that there's there's aspects of physicality that are taking place outside of our everyday notion of space and time, and that includes experience. Our experience outside of space and time is what we call magic, and it is what we call psychic phenomena. It's the same thing. I think that a lot of people would consider this, what Einstein famously called the spooky action at a distance, was solved, or at least resolved, demystified by John Bell, no, I would put it slightly differently. I would say that uh, John Bell's uh, contribution was finding a way of proving whether or not it was real or not. 
yeah, but, exactly. but it only deepened the mystery because nobody at this point has a, a sense of what kind of ontology this spaceless, timeless domain means. There's at least 12 different interpretations of quantum mechanics, all right. of which are struggling with the notion of what do we think we mean by reality? By the way, I'm, I'm going to give that right there. What you just said is exactly what I'm thinking is we don't have the ability to handle this mentally. I'd like you to hear more on that because that's what I think. I think that the reality that we live in, that we are familiar with, is just so far beyond our intuition. And that's the real problem. The real problem is not that, that the rules aren't followed. It's that it's an entirely different type of ontology than what we are evolved to think of. Right. But now consider that uh, most people, most of the time, imagine that reality is common sense. That means it's coming through the common senses. But we now take it for granted that there are planets up there and there's a sun and the earth is round and all that stuff. You don't get that through common sense. We only get that because our common senses have been extended through telescopes and microscopes and other instruments. The nature of common sense changes as we get better ways of understanding, of extending the senses. And so we're, we haven't reached the end of our development of instruments either. We keep developing new instruments that extend what we mean by common sense. So if we project that out into the future, we, I think we'll eventually end up with instruments that will radically change what we think of as common sense. When you imagine that as a Venn diagram that just keeps getting bigger and bigger, my prediction then is, as, as one of the chapters in my book is on this very topic, my prediction is that eventually the Venn diagram will include what used to be called magic. It won't be considered magic at that point because we'll understand it, but it will include those kinds of phenomena. Right. Well, sorry. Uh Gene, my mind's blown. I need to think for a minute. Well, you know what? We have that problem all the time where our minds are blown from all these things. And that makes it more and more difficult. Yeah, it does. This, by the way, is, is something that uh, especially happens not so much for spooky action at a distance in space, because we're used to thinking of where we can call somebody a cell phone and they're far away. It's no big deal. But if you really want to hurt your brain, you start thinking about extension through time. Because as we know from quantum mechanics, that entanglement works just as well through time as it does through space. And the same is true for psychic phenomena. As best as we can tell, there is no limit in space or time to how far these connections can go experientially. So one of the things I, I try to, to, to push in the book is showing that even concepts in magic, like, like making things happen, that we have tools now, uh, protocols and experiments that begin to give us a clue about how those things can work. And a lot of it has to do with a, a different understanding of the nature of time. If you thought what we're talking about at this point makes your brain hurt, that really makes your brain hurt to such an extent that it's difficult even among colleagues who are working out these protocols to continue to bang away at this problem because it is so difficult, so far outside of ordinary ways of thinking, but it can be done. It well, just requires and, us to be clever. And, it, and the thing is, is that it makes sense that we don't have that kind of mechanism to think in this place. I mean, that didn't we don't require that 
for, you know, the entire however many, you know, millions of years that our species has has come come into being, it doesn't require that. I mean, there there are a lot of things that we've developed, a lot of intuitional type of, of things like, you know, being able to see faces in random patterns is because evolutionary speaking, if you had a face staring at you, that was meant that 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 wasn't something that was going to attack you and eat you and kill you. So, you know, anything that had bilateral symmetry, you know, and had eyes and it was staring at you was for a long period of time was a, was a very, was a threat. And, uh, you know, that's the thing is that, is that we are not necessarily evolved to understand, which is what you're set to your point. We have to extend our intuition through instruments and through different models and some some of them are extremely anti-intuitive. I mean, to this day, you know, I look at the uh, Stern-Gerlach experiment, and I think it's extremely anti-intuitive. I mean, even the way Julian Swinger explains it in his books, it's it's extremely anti-intuitive. And he knows that by giving you that example and showing you, you know, he's explaining the measurement problem. We're yeah. going to have other problems yeah. with time and space <laughs> and ads. We have Dean Radin, author of Real Magic. We have Don Ecker of Dark Matters Radio, the one and original. Except no substitutes. And Michael Allen, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 
to 443-443. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word George and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let me throw out an interesting topic here. I'm a regular guy. Most people will say I'm not, but say I'm a regular guy. And I want to try something magical or explore magic. What should I do? I mean, we have all those fantasy stories where somebody tries magic and they get involved in something they shouldn't have done and they have to deal with all sorts of weird stuff. That's fiction. As a matter of fact, how do I get involved in magic as just a regular guy? Uh, I would recommend for most people to not do that. Uh, as with any time you're any time you're dealing with a practice that has the chance of shattering your belief system, it's important, especially not to do it by yourself, but at least to do it with somebody who seems to be have experience and some wisdom about what they're doing. And that this especially in the case with ceremonial magic, because people can freak out easily. So, if uh, the easy way to do this is just writing magic. I was more or less uh, forced by my editor to put in a chapter on how to do practical magic because that's what people are interested in. So writing magic is one of the oldest forms of magic. It basically says that if you want to have something occur, you write down on a piece of paper the thing that you want. That's writing magic. It brings in several characteristics of magical practice, one of which is casting a spell. 
So a spell has two meanings to it. Uh, when you cast a, a magical spell, you're casting out into the world your intention, and you wish that intention to take place. But when you think about what you're doing in writing, you are spelling, you are putting letters together in a symbolic way, which stand for, symbolically, the thing that you want. So if you wanted to get a cat, for example, you would spell C-A-T. And by doing that, you are drawing the intention into being. So the other variety of, of spell casting is that you draw. You draw a symbol of a cat. It's called a sigil in magical practice. And in that case, the word draw has two meanings. You are drawing a symbol, and you are drawing the thing that you want toward you, like pulling it toward you. So this aspect of magic is basically saying that reality is in some sense informational or symbolic. And so if you create a symbol for something, it is resonating with the thing itself. And if, it, if it's a strong enough resonance, you will pull it into being. That's the idea of, of sympathetic magic. Hmm. So this is why affirmations are so popular. There's a huge book category of affirmations which are talking about the same thing. And you can see this all the way through history. People have been using the same technique to have a very clear sense of the thing that you want. You write it down, you make a symbol, you can do various kinds of ceremonial practices to establish the reality of the thing that you want. And then there are various ways of, of so-called charging that symbol, usually with emotion uh, or with ceremonies or rituals. And then you let it go, and it creates the equivalent, an analog of something like a gravitational pull. It pulls it into being. So that's being, an easy and relatively safe way of practicing magic. I've been studying parent, the paranormal for decades. And one thing, and I personally would not have one of these devices in my home, but one of the things that many, many people that have really no knowledge or experience about will uh, utilize something called a Ouija board, okay? And I have been uh, I have been exposed to many, many articles, stories, and testimony about the negative effects that can happen with a device of that type. Where do you come down on this? I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. So the danger of a Ouija board is that it allows your unconscious to express itself in a way that you may not be prepared for. So, but it's the Ouija board is nothing magical by itself. It, a pendulum can be used. Uh, the I Ching can act in the same way. There are lots of, of divination methods that are all looking, doing the same kind of thing. It allows your unconscious to be expressed. Especially for, for your younger people, there will be some percentage, one or two percentage of, of people doing this, who are harboring unconsciously fears and emotions that they are consciously suppressing. And they can become psychotic as a result of unleashing the, this part of their unconscious and making it manifest, meaning making it show up in front of them. So uh, this is another example of why I recommend that in cases of theurgy, uh, talking to spirits, trying to evoke spirits, all of that stuff should really be done under adult supervision. And uh, particularly adults who know what they're doing, 
because of the danger of a small percentage of people freaking out really seriously in a, in a, in a bad way and may not be able to recover from it. This doesn't mean that you're literally evoking evil coming down upon you. It's more like the, your, your internal sense of not having complete control over who we think we are. We're, we're multi-layered. And most of the time, we just live in the very tippy-top layer, which is the, the thing that we call me or you. Uh, but there's a lot more below that. So I have a question because you, you talked about the Ouija board. It's not necessarily magical. And yet there's something magical that maybe happens in the process of using a Ouija board. I guess we can both agree to that point. So my question is, where does the magical begin and the non-magical end? Okay, so that's a very good question. And it is relevant to what happens with the Ouija board. As far as I can tell, we're, we're talking about magic being a very deep level of consciousness. It's not at the surface level. It's not the everyday level of awareness. It's a very deep level. It happens at what a magician would call gnosis, or what a, a yogi would call samadhi, or what a mystic would call a mystical experience. It's, it's a very deep levels of, of reality, which is related in some way to consciousness. So the danger of a Ouija board is that you, because you, you can dissociate your conscious awareness from your unconscious, you help your unconscious appear as a result of what's happening with the planchette on the, on the Ouija board. You are tapping into a deeper portion of your awareness. And if you don't know what you're doing at that level, you can allow self-destructive processes to come out. So we already have destructive processes where we're eating a cookie and we know that we shouldn't but you find your hand reaching for the cookie anyway, that's your unconscious, your body that's overcoming your, your impulse control and making you do something that you don't want to do. Well, the same thing would happen in this case, that if you're unleashing aspects of your unconscious, which may be self-destructive, you're asking for trouble. So what you're saying is that the, the magical is kind of like a feedback through consciousness. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, are you making an ontological distinction between something in the magical realm and something in the, the world. I'm going to say the world is the mental and the physical, the world we live in. There's no strict distinction. If okay. there's, some, there's a spectrum. The top of the spectrum we can think of as above the surface of the ocean. So when you look at it's what looks like an iceberg, you know that there's a huge amount underneath there. So from a, think of this as a, a parallel with something about physics. The classical physics is above the water. Conscious awareness is above the water. When you dive just below the surface, you bump into the beginnings of quantum mechanics, and you bump into the beginnings of your unconscious. But we don't know how far down it goes. It goes probably goes down as far as we can imagine. But now think of a metaphor of a bubble at, at a very, very deep in the ocean. And now when the bubble comes up, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger because atmospheric pressure is changing. And by the same token, if you have an intention at a very deep level of consciousness, it could start out as the equivalent of a tiny little bubble, but by the time it reaches the surface, it could be monstrous. The pause that refreshes Dean Radin, Michael Allen, Don Ecker, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, June 1st through the 4th for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton-Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, and more. Get tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. 
Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. I didn't want to make that silly joke, Dean, about the monster. That's all right. Can you create under magic, something that just comes into existence that wasn't there. You mean like a tulpa, Gene? Sure. Well, a tulpa, or, or the, the golem, is there. It's just not animated. Uh, I would consider that as a form of black magic. In fact, that is black magic. Uh, you're taking two forms. One is you're getting other people to do, to do something that they may not want to do. That's black magic. The other one is to animate something that is not living. And so as a, an interesting uh, sidebar here, when uh, in 2010, when the Supreme Court uh, made corporations persons through Citizens United, that from a magical perspective was black magic. And just as you have with the idea of a golem, that the, the hope with a golem is that you can get this, this thing of clay to act on your behalf. But sometimes it gets a mind of its own, and it will start destroying things, like the Frankenstein story. Well, it looks like Citizens United has taken on a life of its own and is, in some respects, destroying the country. A mind of its own. I mean, it's interesting that you should say that. So much in the world that we, you know, we look at ourselves, and we could consider ourselves as the universe taking, making a mind of its own. I mean, we are a product of the universe. The universe is just there. Let me ask you, because from what I've heard so far during this program, I'm kind of getting two signals from you, okay, from the way you're describing magic and magical practices. On the one hand, there may be something that a practitioner can utilize from outside. But then I'm getting the impression that basically what you're saying is everything flows from within the practitioner here or herself. In other words, to coin a, a phrase from a 1950s sci-fi movie, Monsters of the Id, do you discount all possibility of exterior influences and uh, basically state that everything is flowing from within the individual himself or herself? Well, ultimately, I think the, the magic is coming from consciousness. That, that is where the magic resides. However, you could take a psychedelic, which is a real physical thing, and that will alter your conscious perception of reality and perhaps push you further down, metaphorically speaking. Well, you can do the same thing with a bottle of tequila, but... <laughs> right. Well, the, the tequila will, will suppress 
I mean, it acts as a sedative, and that's not where you want to go. But yes, in, in principle, anything which pushes you out of an ordinary state of awareness is going to improve psychic ability and probably magical ability, too. Well, I think I think what we're forgetting right here, you know, we've been talking about magic, but I think there's a fundam you have a fundamental theory about how it works. And it and I'm wondering what that is. I mean, there has to be something that that makes it understandable to us in some kind of in terms. I'm I'm not gonna call them mental, I'm not gonna call them physical, I'm just gonna call them it's it's just some terms that we can intuitively understand. And what is that? That is consciousness. That's what what it is. is. But what is consciousness? Well, that we don't know. But what we do know is that what you enjoy as your experience, as your sense of awareness, I call little c. Consciousness with a little c. Right. Uh, But what the esoteric traditions say, and all of them basically, we're talking about 10,000 years of history, they all say that ultimately consciousness with a big C is universal. There's some kind of universal consciousness. What you enjoy with a little C inside your head is the same stuff. It's made out of the same stuff. And the, you see this, and virtually every religion has this, every esoteric practice, they all say the same thing. This is absolutely far away from the current scientific worldview. I would disagree with that. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of scientists or science people, I won't call them scientists, but I know a lot of people who do not take that viewpoint. They they realize that the mental and the physical and the universe itself is all one thing, and it's not something you can divide into, you can segment. It's And what we consider to be physical is not necessarily something that's fully understood just because we can give names to it. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you Partially, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying that there are a lot of people that I met whose ontology has developed beyond the Cartesian dualism of the you know of the 18th century, the ni- you know the 19th century, and so forth. And I think that's the biggest problem. That's one of the biggest problems that we have. Well, I, I agree that most scientists are are monists, and the the two directions that we're talking about then is materialism which is what the scientific worldview is based on. The other side, though, is, is idealism. So basically what I'm saying is that magic makes a lot of sense from an idealist point of view. It makes no sense at all from a materialistic point of view. But what is matter? Except for a bunch of labels that we place on, you know, we call it an electron. Do we even know what an electron is? We can describe it. We can talk about its quantum mechanical properties. We can say that it interacts with a with a proton. I think the problem here, Dean, is that a lot of people assume that when you start labeling things and talking about a few, a handful of relationships that they're able to gather from their equipment, is that that somehow is the sum and total of all being. And I think that's the real problem. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a language problem. But still, most scientists are, are taught that Ultimately, if you go down to the bottom of everything, we're talking about matter and energy as the fundamental. And this is one of the reasons why, when you start from that as a baseline, that in the neurosciences, it is believed, or at least it's taught, that your awareness comes out of the brain activity. And that's the end of the story. 
So if, if that is the way that, that the neurosciences have proceeded, that ultimately you are made out of neurons, which are made out of atoms ultimately, and made out of energy ultimately, and that's it. This is why within the, within the mainstream scientific viewpoint, consciousness is really not that important. It's like at the tail end of this system of emergence, which starts with atoms or quanta or something like that. Well, there's a lot of people that I've met that, and, uh, you know, I won't name any names, but they, but, you know, I've, I've often told them, I said, there, it's really, it would not be hard for matter to exhibit consciousness from a, you know, and we're an example of that. And so they say, well, well, I can never imagine, they can imagine, for, for instance, that our brains with the neurons and all of our synapses can have consciousness, but they can't imagine an FPGA with NAND gates having the same. And I ask them, well, what's the difference? And they don't, they, they never can give me an answer. I mean, in other words, I think that fundamentally consciousness is something that, that, that pervades the entire universe, and that's how we came into being. Because how else would we come into being if there's not consciousness in the universe? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so, but, what, you know, but what you're saying now is, is completely new. It's, it's a new way of thinking, because even 20 years ago, you, you would have been laughed at by most scientists. And that is the, 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 one of the main points in the book is to point out that when at the leading edge of science today, there's a, a growing realization that what used to be thought of as a, we live in a purely materialistic world and all there is is matter and energy, that idea is going away fast. And what's interesting is that it's going away fast and in the direction that will accommodate the idea of magic. That's why I'm saying that the, we're, we're looking at the future of science here, not the past of magic, because we didn't know what else to call it. I'm going to stay in the same church, but I'm going to go to a different pew, okay? As, okay, it's a 40-second pew, Don, as we, the break. Well, good. This will, this will give him time to consider his answer. As we uh, do this show today, we've just recently lost several very noteworthy people. They have passed on. Now, there are those who say that uh, once you are gone, you are gone. We're talking about things like consciousness. Where do you fall down on what happens when the human body itself expires? Is there a continuation in, uh, in your belief structure? We're going to have that answer as we move forward, final third of this episode, with Dean, Gene, it rhymes, Michael, <laughs> Don, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t 
T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, so Don Ecker asks a question of our guest, Dean Radin, the author of Real Magic. And sir, do you have a response? The question is, uh, does, does consciousness survive bodily death? I think the answer is uh, that we certainly don't know. We don't know empirically, uh, but I have worked with mediums, and mediums claim that they are talking to deceased people. Uh, we were able to verify in in double-blind experiments that the information they're getting from deceased people uh, is correct. But unfortunately, we actually never know where that information comes from. It's not, it's not through normal channels. It might be telepathy, it might be clairvoyance, it might be who knows what. But my guess is that if consciousness is, ultimate, is the ground basis of reality, as best as we can tell, and the physical world emerges from that, that suggests that there may be an infinite number of ways that something can be embodied, in which case the human body is just one form. It happens to be a particularly well-tuned form, and probably related to the structure of the brain in some way, that allows consciousness to be self-reflective and, and for us to have a, a bit of intelligence. But we might also imagine that the sun has a very complicated dynamic system with lots of recursive loops and all that. The sun might be aware. We just don't have any way of, of telling if it's aware. Uh, Michael was mentioning an FPGA. Well, if it was sufficiently complicated, maybe it too would have a certain have a degree of awareness. Of- you could have a network of FPGAs all instantly reprogramming the other to reprogram the NAND gates of the other. Yeah, I mean, or the, or the Internet is aware, right, because it's pretty complicated, too. Right. The question is, when we talk about survival of consciousness, what, we, what is typically really meant is that the personality survives. So, like, what you feel as yourself right now will be the same in some form. That's like the vision of heaven, that you are exactly the same as you are, maybe your body is younger, and everything is fine. I don't think that's going to happen. 
So I think our notion of self here is also a problem. I mean, like, for instance, I know that the consciousness that I have is very similar to the one that my grandfather and my grandparents and my dad had at my same age. I mean, we, we had very similar interests. I mean, how do I know that I'm not just my dad with amnesia living forward in time? You know, our concept of, of you know, self, I think, is a problem here. We, we often try to think of that. Yeah, you know, in terms of, 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 you know, concrete particulars, but I don't think it is a concrete particular. Well, that, that's well said. It's the, the notion that we actually understand what the self is, is not clear at all. In fact, if you go, go into Buddhist lore, there is no self. Right. There's no individual. So one of my, my favorite quotes is from Ramana Maharshi, the Indian sage, when he was asked, uh, uh, oh, uh, Ramana Maharshi, how should we treat other people? And his response was, there are no other people. Right. From that perspective, if, especially you hear this from meditators, that they, you get really good at meditation. After a while, you can gain complete awareness, even while you're sleeping. But there's no you anymore. The you part, which is all about your memories and your personality, that somehow dissolves. I don't know, Gene, you know, Don, I don't know if you've ever woke up from a dream and you just felt like you didn't feel like yourself for a few minutes because you had a dream that you lived some other lifetime. I've had that experience a few times. And I will tell you, it's very unnerving to wake up in a world that you don't recognize for a few minutes because you've been dreaming so hard. It's well, very difficult. Or, or just take the drug Versed. Right. It's, it's an amnesic drug. And you, you're gone. You'll operate perfectly well for a while, but you, you're, there's no you anymore because it, it, it suppresses it or inhibits it. So my guess is that when a person dies, there will be a, a moment of confusion because you're so, we're so linked to our body itself. But the awareness will remain. It's just that you, what you think of as yourself, will not remain. I had what was, in retrospect, a classical NDE, near-death experience where I literally died on the operating table. And I still, to this day, distinctly remember suddenly peering down upon myself from, I don't know, 15, 20 feet within the operating theater and seeing the doctors and nurses working on my body. They were basically massaging my heart to bring me back. And I distinctly recall that. Now, if nothing else, just from that experience, I would have to say, in my opinion, there is something beyond mere physical life, that there is something afterwards. I don't know. Perhaps I'm, I'm wrong, you know, but uh, I don't think so. If I were to have that experience, I'd be a Cartesianist right now. I would tell you right now, that is amazing. That is an amazing experience. But I would say, Don, uh, was the the thing that was seeing your body below you, was that Don? Oh, yeah. Was, oh, sure. Your awareness was the same kind of awareness as you have now. It happened in Vietnam, Dean. I was, I was badly wounded. You know, this, this was something that uh, probably will never leave me, the, the memory of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what most NDE survivors say. That it's it's not like a memory. It's something that is as vivid 
20 years after or 30 years after is the day it happened. And so we, we don't quite understand why that is, why that memory would be so startlingly clear. Uh, the, well, the interpretation problem, though, is that we know that the moment you go out of ordinary awareness, the sharper your psychic ability becomes. And so since we know from remote viewing that you can see things from different perspectives, it's conceivable, at least, that in the process of the body shutting down, that the, your consciousness is released from all of the usual psychological filters that we have for a short period of time, like in a dream. I mean, the, the space of time of a dream can be very short, even though the experience could be very long. You can literally see things from a distance. What we don't know is, if NDE went on for hours or days, and the person ultimately dies completely, we don't know how to bring somebody back who has been dead for a couple of days. So we, we can't tell what, what is happening there. But as resuscitation gets better and better, maybe we will eventually uh, get, get a, a version of flatlining where we're able to tell what happens when a person is really triple dead. It reminds me of that movie Flatliners, yeah. where in order to gauge the reaction, they each flatline themselves. These young scientists, including Julia Roberts and, well, anyway, it was a kind of a fun film. And, of course, we had the typical crisis where it's difficult to get one of them back. I don't know if they succeeded or not. The other part of the memory that that was so clear to me was the clarity of everything I was witnessing when I had an OBE, when I was taking a nap. And this happened probably 40 years ago. This stuck with me also, where I was napping in my bed and suddenly I was standing there looking at myself when I realized what I was witnessing, it was so shocking, I immediately woke up. Before we go on with our next segment with Dean Radin, I just want to talk to you about a couple of things. Coming up on the Paracast next week, we'll feature Nick Redfern, author of many thousands of books. And this one is particularly interesting. It's about Slender Man, not Batman, Superman, but Slender Man. Tall, thin, weird, frightening you know, that kind of thing, where an urban legend somehow becomes something real. also want to talk to you about the Paracast Plus. What's that all about? Well, it's a special feature of the show where you get a version of the Paracast free of the network ads, and the people at YouTube always complain. And even when we tell them on the show about Paracast Plus, I guess they're not listening. To get more information, go to plus.theparacast.com. We also include... The Unpredictable After the Paracast Podcast, an exclusive feature of Paracast Plus. So check it out, plus.theparacast.com. Prices start at just $1.49 a week. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361. For hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, for the 6th Annual Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, June 1st through the 4th. Contact in the Desert is an epic weekend of adventure filled with exciting explorations into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, UFO sightings, disclosure, and the newest evidence of ongoing contact. This amazing weekend offers more than 50 lectures, 40 workshops, 8 exciting panels, and special events. Contact in the Desert features leading experts, including me, George Nori, Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Michael Tellinger, Eric Von Doniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, and many more important researchers and scientists in the field. With a breaking New York Times story, disclosure of the Pentagon's mysterious UFO program, Contact in the Desert is the place to go to see the inside track. Join us at contactinthedesert.com or call 760-660-8484. That's contactinthedesert.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. 
You see, I'm trying to be decent and not asking Dean Radin to do the Paracast. Because no, I don't no, want no, him. You, you should. He, he, he might do a better one than I did. He's a distinguished gentleman. We don't want to bring him down to our level. I would only <laughs> do it if there was an echo that went along with it. I can add oh. the echo later. Oh, yeah, he can. Oh. He can add the echo. That's, that's the way it should be said with a, the accent of uh, Vincent Price. Or even though Bella Lugosi is even better. Bella Lugosi? Bella Lugosi is interesting. I think of Martin Landau playing him in the movie Ed Wood. And he sounded more like he had a Jewish accent. That always kind of put me off. I don't think he got Lugosi's lingo properly. Uh, was he, what, Romanian or something? He was Hungarian. Uh, Hungarian, I think. But then if we did Bela Lugosi, we'd all have to start shooting morphine, and I'm not going to do that. You know, you have to kind of give him a little understanding here. It's kind of like opioids today. He had a back problem, and he took morphine to control the pain, and he got addicted. And so, you know, I kind of feel sorry for the guy. Because of the fact that he had this condition. It happens. And he was really in bad shape by the time he got himself off it. He was really frail in his final years. So I feel sorry for the guy. I really do. Because I don't think he ever realized his potential as an actor. His fellow horror film actor, Boris Karloff, you know, he did everything. He was had a great career. Lugosi, after the initial Dracula and a few other films... He became a B-movie actor for the most part. And then a C-movie actor when he started working with Ed Wood. Anyway, why are we talking about this? Because that's the voice that's necessary in order to say the Paracast. Yeah, exactly. Well, if I can find somebody who does a good imitation. Christopher Walken would be good, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Squirrels. Uh, Peanuts. Uh, Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what are, what are we talking about again? Uh, sorry, I got I got to I got to do something right now. Huh? What are we doing? <laughs> you see, this is where the show becomes. Go ahead, Gene. This is where the show goes down the tubes. No, it's okay. I had another question, by the way. You want to give it to us as Christopher Walken? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a guy. It's a, he's a, I don't know. He's Thomas Metzinger. He's one of the leading philosophers. He wrote a book called The Eagle Tunnel. I mean, how how long do you want me to do this? Uh, anyways, um, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do Christopher Walken. But um, why is he going to be Walken? Huh? What's that? Otherwise, you're going to be Walken. Exactly. I'm going to be walking. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know, Dean was talking about out-of-body experiences, and one of the things that I, you know, he's a philosopher by the name of Thomas Messinger. He wrote a book called The Ego Tunnel. He wrote a book called The uh, uh, Being No One, and uh, he actually has an experiment where he sim- where he ha- forces somebody to experience an out-of-body experience by standing an individual in a room with a camera on that person that's the same body type and the person behind them, he's not really that person, but he thinks he's that person because he's got a virtual reality headset on. And basically, he sees the the guy rubbing the shoulders of the guy that's not him, and he feels an out-of-body experience. It's in the ego tunnel. It's very interesting. 
It's basically a laboratory-created OBE. It's the closest thing I can get. No, I, I mean, it's interesting. I, I may not have done it justice, but it's a it's it's laboratory created obe and uh it it's a, it's like the phantom arm experiment where you you know you put a rubber arm on the desk and you put the arm the person's real arm goes under the desk and they simultaneously stimulate his finger the person under the arm and the one on top and because of the synchronous uh, effect they imagine their phenomenal self model as what Thomas Metzinger calls it, snaps itself in to that fake arm, and they feel like that that arm is theirs. It's very interesting. It's a really weird phenomenon uh, whereby the phenomenal self-model becomes as plastic as you would, you know, it, as if you were on LSD. Yeah, we, we use that in the lab all the time to illustrate to people how flexible your sense of self actually is. Yeah. So most, most people will transfer their sense of uh, feeling from their actual hand to a rubber hand in about 30 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly. I've had the experience myself, and I will tell you, it's shocking. Yeah, it's, quickly, kinda, it's creepy. It's creepy how quickly your mind... Your phenomenal self-model, and I'm going to use his term for lack of a better term, snaps into that inanimate object and becomes yours. And that, and he goes on to say that the feeling of mindness is very plastic. It's like a computer program that can be rewritten. Yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, it's amazing. So we can look forward with uh, better and better virtual reality systems to transfer entire bodies. Yeah, probably. I think so. So, like the movie Avatar was probably we're we're within a, a year or two of being able to do something like that. So, anyways, you still wanted me to do my Walker impression because I'm not doing it anymore. You're, well, I'll tell you what. Stop walking. Stop walking. Okay, gotcha. All right, I'm we here. don't have to do that because otherwise this show will go down the tubes, and some people think we've already gone down the tubes. And I said, no, we've gone down the YouTubes. We have a YouTube channel, an official Paracast <laughs> channel on YouTube. You see how I got into that, folks? You know, it's called being the Segway King of the universe. That, right? that you are, Gene, with your puns to end the segment, I have to say. Well, Masterful. we have a minute before the segment ends, and I don't want to go into it. I want to go into consciousness, though. Because okay. obviously when you think of consciousness and whether consciousness will persist after life ends, what do you think, Dean Radin, about reincarnation? Uh, I like the idea of reincarnation, except as uh, I mentioned in the book, that there's always the risk that you might become reincarnated as a manatee. And <laughs> I don't want to be reincarnated as a manatee. So if you have some choice of the matter, well, then you can pick and choose. It might be fun. But if you don't have much choice, well, then it's a risk. And the thing I don't understand, never did, and I'll go into more of this in the next segment, is if you're meant to learn something when you return to this life as another person, if you have no memory of your previous life, how do you learn, how do you improve, or is that something that is instinctive? Ooh. In any case, how about I give a pitch for Paracast Plus? Paracast Plus is the answer to people on YouTube who say, 
Why so? No, that's not the one. Why so many commercials? I was going to say, why so serious? Why so many commercials? And the answer is Paracast Plus. To learn more, go to plus.theparacast.com. Once again, go to plus.theparacast.com. We're going to have more with Don Ecker, Michael Allen, Dean Radin is our guest of the week. I'm Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Bitcoin is losing crypto market share to other digital currencies. Bitcoin's astronomical rise has led to the creation of numerous competitors like Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, which have also seen massive gains in value. According to Quartz, 
Bitcoin made up 85% of the crypto market one year ago, and today it has fallen to 36%. Remember, the only way to win in the casino is to take chips off the table. Call Miles Franklin at 866-485-4346 and let us show you how to quickly turn your Bitcoin into the 5,000-year-old safety of precious metals. Miles Franklin can quickly convert your Bitcoin to precious metals with one phone call at 866-485-4346. That's Miles Franklin celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Fast, easy, safe, and convert your Bitcoin into gold with one phone call. D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right, next time we're going to have Dean Radin do the Paracast, and we're going to see whether he can bring on any magical effects. Don? Add reverb. Yeah, you're now discussing things like uh, karmic debt and what have you. You know, relearning a lesson and doing better the next time around. Now, I've had people that uh, were into spiritualism tell me that the self, whatever it is within us, basically agrees beforehand, before they are now do I know this is true? Absolutely not. But before they reincarnate, they agree to certain things in order to satisfy karma. Now, that that's a really nice thought. Does it have any basis in, uh, no pun intended, in reality? I have no idea. But, uh, Dean, with all the disciplines that you've been involved in, how do you, uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I agree that it, it seems like a waste if you have a lifetime of experience and then it just is extinguished. That that just seems like a bad design. So I, I uh, have attempted to register a complaint uh, that the design process went haywire. But from a story perspective, at least, the idea is that when you're dead, you're some bardo intermediate state and you do remember. So you have a choice and learn something and the next time you don't remember it while you're embodied but you do in between lives so that that model makes more sense to me otherwise it, it really is a it's a poor design and should be changed well you know a few years ago a friend of mine called me up and said uh, hey there is something on youtube you've got to watch and uh, they sent me the link i went up to youtube and i watched this and it was about a young boy uh, this was allegedly the, the real deal, a true story. This young boy from the time he was about two or three years old used to wake up screaming and uh, his parents had no idea what was wrong. They rushed into his room and he would babble on about, oh, the little man is burning up in the airplane. He's burning up in the airplane. And they had no idea what uh uh, the kid was was talking about. They took him to a uh, child psychologist. Uh, the psychologist worked with them, and eventually, this 
child's story began to come out, he started giving them some information that they tracked down. Eventually, they came to the conclusion that during the Second World War, he had been a pilot that had been shot down over a Japanese-held island, and he ended up crashing into the water. The plane uh, exploded or burned or something, and the, uh, the guy died. Now, they were able to identify what aircraft carrier, American aircraft carrier, the, the pilot allegedly flew from, and who the guy was. Now, you know, when I hear a story like that, and the person in question comes up with a lot of these important data points that uh, people are able to verify, that really makes me sit down and go, hmm, what do you think about that, Dean? Well, I, I know Jim Tucker, who, who wrote the book on this. He's convinced that the, the, the story is true because the child really was very small when he was coming out with these things. And, of course, the, the group at the University of Virginia for many years has been studying reincarnation stories in young, young children. From a case study perspective, it looks pretty good. It, it looks like, how are these young kids saying things that were verifiably correct about adults who had or previous people who had passed away? When it comes down to the actual interpretation, though, of uh, does that mean that they are a reincarnation? Well, maybe, maybe not. Because the moment that we step away from everyday reality, like if you you persist and you're no longer embodied, maybe space and time are don't operate in the same way. In fact, it's very likely that space and time are a construction, in a sense, of, of your brain processes. In which case, why should something only reincarnate forward in time? Maybe it goes backwards in time. Maybe it goes sideways. Even our understanding of what we think we mean by reincarnation is probably wrong. It has an analogy in entropy, which, by the way, can go backwards as well as forward in time. Our understanding of the one of the laws of thermodynamics, we always think of it as going forward. I'm still you know, concerned about the lack of learning ability. On the other hand, you kind of think here, why do we have to come back here? Maybe we go to another place. Maybe it's a dimensional sure. passage. Yeah, or another planet or another existence. Uh, some theories of, of reincarnation is that you would only reincarnate into higher and higher life forms. But that's a story. Maybe you can reincarnate into an atom or reincarnate into who knows what. Well, uh, I know people so, look at me and say he's going to reincarnate into a what knows what. There you go. So... I like the idea of reincarnation. It makes sense from a memory perspective, where we're, we're gaining information and an experience that is not going to be thrown away. No one likes to think that their life has no meaning. But at, at this point, it's a lot like our proper interpretation of near-death experience, a lot of other things, until we can figure out a way of rigorously testing these ideas, then, then all we're left with are the stories. And this, so we don't, we, a story is a story. Maybe it's true. Maybe our interpretation of it is not correct. It reminds but, me of a line in Star Trek for the voyage home, where, of course, we know in Star Trek three, Spock was dead, but his soul, his katra or whatever it was, was stored 
inside Dr. McCoy. And there's a line there where Dr. McCoy says, you've really gone where no man has gone before. And he tries to share some information with Spock, and he and Spock says, we have no frame of reference, in effect, in this line. And what he was saying, and Dr. McCoy was upset over it, is, I'd have to be dead to understand what happened to you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's well said. So, I'd like to think that eventually we'll be clever enough to figure out how these things work, but I kind of suspect that as homo sapiens, we're not equipped to do that. We either need to be homo superior, which could either be ourselves that are enhanced in some way through some kind of AI system or something like that, or genetically modified, either intentionally or pushed by evolution to become a mutation that simply has a lot more capacity to understand things and to create language to be able to describe it. Okay. You know, we're genetically speaking, it is only... 20 years ago that we realized that we have less genes than a banana. We're just barely beginning to understand who and what we are. So the genome wanted, of a bacterium is much higher, millions yeah. of chromosomes. So, so there's a lot of a lot of mystery. In fact, much uh, probably an infinite amount more mystery left than that we currently understand. So uh, we we want to know these questions, which is why we have a radio show like yours to try to discuss it. But uh, I'm I'm trying to take the long view here and just imagine that uh, scientists should be way more humble than many are in the face of a vast unknown. Well, then I'm I'm not, you know, if it's true that bananas have more genes than a human being, I'm not aware of any banana that ever designed and built the Sears Tower, went to the moon, you know, designed a Porsche. Okay, so what does that actually mean? Well, I think the people who who ingrain the the reliability of a Porsche need to learn something. We're going to have a final segment with Dean Radin, author of Real Magic, with Michael and Don. You're in the Paracast. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. 
And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue our final segment here, Frames of Reference. Do you envision a day, Dean Radin, where we'll accept magic as mainstream as much as we accept traditional science? Yes, except it won't be called magic then. It will be called some some other name that we'll come up with. Hey, that's a good name. It's some other name that we'll come up with. Yeah, magic. Magic is an is a category just like physical, just like mental. I'm sorry to break into this, but it's just a category that we've invented. We've invented it to talk about something that we don't understand. Right, as as Arthur C. Clarke said, that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So we, once we understand it, 
it will be distinguishable and we'll, we'll still probably use the word magic for things that we don't understand. What has traditionally be called, been called magic, we will understand and reality and the world at that time will be quite different than the way it is now. I think about that when we consider things like UFOs and the possibility we're being visited by creatures from other planets. And what hits me is, imagine these beings are not hundreds of years ahead of us, but thousands of years. And they had a steady or almost linear progression of scientific development where it gets faster and faster. How the heck would we even recognize their technology? We wouldn't. And so I, the last chapter in my book is about implications of a better understanding of magic, and in particular about the possibility of communicating with, with alien life forms that are advanced beyond us. My conclusion was that the methods that we're using now, which is primarily radio waves to try to, to pick up intelligent life and the universe, is we might as well be using smoke signals, because that's not the way it would work, I don't think. What may be happening is that the aliens among us, I think the universe is saturated with life, but it's very far advanced from us. They, in quotes, have realized at this point that, that ultimately reality is shaped by consciousness in some way. So they're waiting for humanity to evolve to a point where we recognize that. And so the day when we actually understand magic a lot better than we do today, that'll be the day that we, we actually will be contacted by the people out there or the, the creatures out there who are waiting for us to wake up. We're still adolescents. We're actually younger than adolescents. We're infants. We're beginning to realize something about the nature of reality, but we're not quite mature enough to be contacted in the same sense that if you were to come upon a group of babies playing, you don't want to interfere with them because they, they can't do anything yet. We have to wait till they're at least able to be social and express their thoughts, and then you contact them. Or in some cases, they may contact us, but they have to adjust or tailor the message to something we can understand. Like in the movie Contact, where Jodie Foster sees E.T., or what right. appears to be E.T. in the form of her late father, with whom she had issues, because the creature says to her, you would not be able to accept my true appearance. Right. Or he comes from the Q continuum. Yeah, the whole Q character was very annoying. Never really liked that character very much. But the idea of a creature that was pure energy, that could manipulate itself into any shape it wanted. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if, if the postulate that consciousness is really fundamental, if that's true, and I think there's evidence that something like that is true, then a Q-like character could very well exist. We perceive it as something like an incredible shapeshifter, but nevertheless, it, it could do almost anything that we can imagine, anything that it could imagine, too. Maybe Sorry. we should take Dr. Stephen Hawking's admonition to, to heart and go out of our way to avoid any contact currently with extraterrestrials. I don't think that's a problem. I think that anything that could detect that we were trying to contact them would be so far advanced from us they would not, one would not have anything to do with us. All of our, our, our space stories, which are basically stories about uh, like warfare in space, they're all assuming that the aliens are approximately at the same level of development as we are. All of it, like all of Star Wars, Star Trek, it all assumes that the aliens are, first of all, humanoid, and second, that they're at the same level of development, and that is extremely unlikely. 
Well, you know, with Star Trek, not quite. We have the Horda, like rock creatures. We have energy creatures. So most of the creatures were humanoid, mostly because it was easier and cheaper to configure them that way and to write them that way. Some were not. Right, some were not. But the, as you said, for theatrical reasons, the interactions with aliens that are maybe not in the shape of humans, but kind of human-like. We could talk to them, and the problems that they had were basically soap operas or, or war, things that we could understand. That's why when we meet something that is truly alien, I think probably one of the best movies I saw recently about this was Arrival, where the story itself was a fabulous story, but the notion of the aliens being so different from us that you only get at the very end of the movie what was actually going on. That was a good story. And you to think of the scientist, about. the linguist was played by Lois Lane. If you remember, Amy Adams played Lois Lane in Man of Steel, oh. Batman oh. v Superman, and yeah, yeah. Justice League. Yeah, well, that's appropriate. I saw like two-thirds of the movie. We rented it for one of these 48-hour periods. I think it was only 24 then, where they had this horrible thing where you had 30 days to start the movie, 24 hours to see it. And we never got a chance to finish it. And I just said, you know what? I'm not going to spend for getting to see the full movie. I'll wait till it's on free cable. Right. That's why. I won't spoil it then. It's, uh, it's very good. I'll go ahead, Dean. Spoil no, it. No, he's not no, going to do that. I, I will not allow it. I will not allow now, it. What you can do, though, is what I did afterwards is, is go find the original short story. And the short story is, is actually quite different. It's the same theme, but it's different enough from the movie you would don't want to read that either because it would be a spoiler, but the story is worth reading also. It's quite a short story. Well, it's interesting to see how many stories generated sci-fi movies, whereas the actual story, the actual movie was very different from the source material for The Day the Earth Stood Still, the source material for Total Recall. Who goes there? Of course, The Thing. Right. And then The Thing, I think was a shapeshifter, wasn't it? Would be able to change its appearance in different ways. Yeah. Dean Radin, would you tell our listeners, please, if they tell want to what? know more about what you do, where they oh. can check you out? Well, you go to deanradin.com, and that will bring you to deanradin.org, and that will tell you all about my new book, Real Magic. It won't explain in great detail why it was endorsed by Nobel laureates, uh, but it will give you a whole bunch of other endorsements. I, I forget how many I have, something like 15 or 20, showing that from a scientific perspective, if you want to know about magic, then you need to get this book. And actually, I also recommend the audiobook, because the reader of the audiobook is the same guy, a voice artist, who read most of the Dan Brown books. So he's really, really good at, at reading. I bet he sent Tom Hanks the bill. I hope so. I haven't gotten the bill yet, but I hope I don't get it. It's a really good talent to be able to read a nonfiction book, which is my book is nonfiction, and to still grab your attention. That's that's a real talent. Is this available for an ebook reader, Dean? This is available in every possible form you can imagine, at every bookstore that you can imagine, physical and virtual. However, you can send a check to Dean and have him read it to you. No, I will not. (laughs) <laughs> no, a, a, a number of my, my uh, fans said, would I read the book? And I said, no, I will not read the book because I'm not a voice artist. I, I can't portray 
even what I wrote in a way that I think people would actually want to listen. Whereas when you hear a real voice artist doing it who knows what they're doing, wow, they could read the phone book and you'd want to listen. Don Acker, please explain where to find more about you. Dark Matters Radio airs both Friday and Saturday evenings, beginning at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 o'clock on the East Coast. Go to kgraradio.com, and you can also find us and the Dark Matters Radio Fan Forum on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Powercast. Look for two Powercast fan clubs on Facebook. Look for... Our second radio show after the Paracast, only available to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com for more. We also give you a version of this show free of the network ads, all for low price. Plus.theparacast.com. Dean Radin, we'd like you back sometime in the future. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you for asking me. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.